Jeff's. Jeff's Wonderland. Yes, welcome to my Wonderland. I'm Jeff. And yes, folks, it is a Wonderland in here. And of course, I'm talking about the contents of my head. Now, if you could get inside and take a bit of a look around, you'd go, oh my God, what a mess. And yes, it is a mess. But what a beautiful mess it is. And am I going to clean it up? No, I'm not, because I'm an adult, and I don't clean things up. Only kids clean things up because their mothers have told them to. Now, did Picasso clean things up in his head before he painted something? I don't think so. So there you go. Now, today on The Wonderland, I want to talk a bit about music, because music's what I do. I'm a musician. And I've just finished recording an album and making it and everything, and now it's actually a physical product. It's a... It's a vinyl LP this time, because nobody buys CDs anymore. That's a sweeping statement. Of course, people still buy CDs, but not like they did years ago. You know, you had your CDs because everyone got sick of records because they got all crackly and they got scratched and they were big and, you know, cumbersome to store and they warped and CDs came along and we're all, whoa, look at this. This is fantastic. Digital sound. It's so pure and clean, which of course it is. It's great. But, you know, after a while, people took a another look at the whole vinyl thing and thought, huh, this is not so bad after all. This is this is a bit cool. We've got something big in our hand instead of something little. Anyway, um, yeah, so this time I've made an LP, which I'm very happy with. Um, now, the name of the album is Wherever We Go, There We Are. And the reason I called it that was because I wanted to give it a name that not too many other albums had, Right. I was thinking of calling it Abbey Road or Dark Side of the Moon, but, you know, when I looked at... Yeah, well, decided not to do that. Anyway, so um, if you look on Spotify or anywhere else, I think there may only be one other album out there with the same name, I think, and maybe not even that. So, yeah, that works. Um, so I'm going to play a song or part of a song from that. I'm not going to bore you with it because, you, you know, you can go onto Spotify and bore yourself with it uh, of your own choice. But I'm going to play... A little bit of a song from the album. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to tell you how it came about. Because this Wonderland produces things in a very strange way, which I'm sure that you out there, being human, will understand. And so here is a bit of the first song on the album. It's called Like You Feel It Too. Take a listen, and then I'm going to have a bit of a chat. And a roll into the evening Another week away And I worked hard so Okay, hard okay, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it Oh yes, poor me, I worked hard Oh, whinge, whinge, whinge You've only got the best job in the world And all you can do is write a song and whinge about it Okay, so let's move on And see what the next bit has to offer I can feel you in the silence of the solitude Please tell me, baby, you're just give me a clue If you feel it too Ah, uh, okay, okay, stop, stop, stop Um, yeah, so now you begin to see what the song's about It's about communication, you know Are you thinking about me while I'm thinking about you? And that is something we do, right? That's something that we all would like, you know If we feel something for another person We want to know that they're feeling the same thing for us We want that 
I don't know, there's a word for it called... Oh, wasn't supposed to do that. But so, okay, going to move into the second verse now. Here we go. Made my way through the street cafes and the part of town. That's pretty descriptive. Yep. I'm selling my soul, but I choose not to let that get me down. What do you want, a medal or a chest to pin it on, Hilly? Really? And I do what I do, and that's not the new But if I know you, whether you like it or not, Feel it too. Oh, I'm feeling like you feel it too. Yes, I'm feeling like you feel it too. I'm feeling like you feel it too. Yes, and I'm there's like your chorus. And um, yeah, and so on and so on and so on. So that's the guts of that song. Pretty much that song's about being on the road and missing the people back home. Pretty simple. Something I think we can all relate to. Now, speaking of relating to things, I've got something I want to share with you, and it's got nothing to do with music. We're going to slide into a part of the show which I'm going to be calling Theory Time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory Time. And welcome to Theory Time. Now, I've had two things on my mind lately. Only two, because at my age I can't handle any more than that. One is the concept of... A waste of time, all right? And the other one is the phenomenon of complaining. Now, here's the thing, folks. It'd be really easy for us just to say that complaining is a waste of time. Smugly believing that we're just, I don't know, potentially slash theoretically solving half the world's problems in one fell swoop. Nice try. But no, mm -mm, that's where we've got it wrong. The reality is that there are very few things that are a genuine waste of time. Now, doing something that needs to be done is obviously not a waste of time. And you might have heard the saying, time spent doing what you love is never wasted. I mean, that's a cliche, but I happen to agree with it. Beyond that, nothing we ever set out to do can be declared a waste of time until we've finished doing it. Because up until that point, we can't possibly know whether it's a waste of time or not. So one genuine waste of time is to worry about whether or not something is going to be a waste of time. And it doesn't matter what someone else thinks. Certified waste of time status can only be given by the person who is potentially wasting it. A third party declaring that another person is wasting their time is simply not in a position to do so and is therefore wasting their time. So that's two. And that brings me to the business of complaining, which, by the way, is never a waste of time. Now, we think of complaining as a form of unhappiness and an expression of dissatisfaction. Well, ladies and gents, I am here to tell you that this is simply not the case. You see, humans as a species, species, don't you love that word? Species, species, need to complain, like to complain, have to complain, want to complain. One of the best examples of this is the guy who complains that his wife is always complaining. He doesn't do it because he's unhappy. In fact, he would be really unhappy if he couldn't do it because he needs to do it. And so does she. So, does she have things to complain about? Definitely. Does he have things to complain about? Obviously. So, this is actually, in a sense, a perfect arrangement. Now, can you begin to imagine what life would be like if we had nothing to complain about? If everything was good? What a complete and utter bore that would be. 
You see, complaining is like breathing out while the rest of our lives is breathing in. You can't have one without the other or you will suffocate and you will die. I think it's safe to say that nobody has ever died of happiness, but I think a lot of people have died from boredom. And a surefire recipe for that is not having anything to complain about. I believe we're always looking for something wrong in our lives, a problem to solve. Whenever you solve a problem in your life, your brain immediately and automatically starts sneaking around behind your back looking for another one. So that's the third example of a genuine waste of time, looking for perfect happiness. Because it doesn't exist, it couldn't exist, we don't want it to exist, and if it did exist, believe me, we would be complaining about that too. Okay, so we're now moving to another part of the show, and this part of the show is Jeff's Thought of the Day. Welcome to Thought of the Day. Now, today's Thought of the Day is something I thought about when I was coming back from the gym, and it's this. If you are a man, then you can, in a manly voice, whilst breathing out, say something like, yes, my love, of course I will take the garbage out now. But if you try to say that whilst breathing in, you sound very strange. You will sound like this. Yes, of course I will take the garbage out. Right? Try it. Now prove me wrong, but I think it is a universal truth that a man cannot sound manly if he tries to say something whilst breathing in. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And that's it for the first episode of Jeff's Wonderland. We'll be back next week with another episode, though. So I'll see you again real soon, right here in the Wonderland. Gotta get the Jeff's Wonderland. Gotta come back to Wonderland. My name is Jeff, and it's great to have you here again. This is the second episode. I can't believe that the first episode is already done, gone, dead, buried. Although you can play it back if you want to, obviously. And we're already on to episode two, How Time Flies. It feels like I only did the first episode yesterday. It's nuts. Anyway, if you're new to Jeff's Wonderland... Let me fill you in just a little bit. My name's Jeff Healy. I'm a musician, uh, comedian, recording artist. It sounds very grand, doesn't it? I am a recording artist. Yeah, that just basically means that I've made a bunch of albums and I've made a new album. And it's called Wherever We Go, There We Are. And on each show, I like to, if you like, showcase one of the songs. Now, I don't play the whole thing because you can do that on Spotify. So I just play part of it. I talk about it a bit explain it you know any relevant information that I feel I have I will give you now today's song is a song called same as it ever was and I've just noticed that it's been playing in the background but it's now very very conveniently faded out which is lovely so this song like most of the songs on the album came out of nowhere inspiration is a really really weird thing and because I live in the Black Forest area of Germany, there's some really lovely foresty areas to go walking in. And I do that 
as many days as I can because, you know, a bit of fresh air, a bit of exercise, always good. And I get ideas when I'm out there. So this song was no exception. Without further ado, folks, I'm going to play some of the song and then I'm going to talk about it. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. One thing I want to say about this album is that I have no idea what genre it fits into. I have asked people and I've listened to it and I've compared it to other music and because every song is so different, it doesn't fit neatly into any single box. So I'm calling this progressive rock because it is fundamentally rock music and it is progressive, which means it's not regressive. It is moving forward. It is creating things that have not necessarily been cobbled together before in quite the same way. So yes, this is my progressive rock opus. And now back to the song. Sitting in the sand in my hometown That's Broadbeach A little bit of autobiography there for you. Looking at the surf And the afternoon breeze Is the same as it ever was stop it there and just explain something we have two cats at home who are constantly coming in going out coming in going out we don't have a cat door so you've got to get up and let them in let them out let them in let them out every five minutes and it drives me bloody mad all right so that's me talking about that in the song settles down in the best seat she looks around she sees it's the same as it ever was Take a walk up the hill, listen to the trees, breathe the morning air which is still there, and you'll notice it's the same as it ever was, it's the same as it ever was. Yeah, it is the same as it ever was. So that's another song from my new album, and it's pretty much written about the way things don't change quite as much as we think they're going to when we're faced with a moment of crisis. Mm-hmm. Things tend to still be recognisable, and it's a good positive song. I like good positive things. Okay, moving right along. Now, we're about to come into a very special part of the program. And those of you who tuned in last week will know exactly what that part of the program is going to be. But before I introduce that, I'd like to say that this is probably my favourite part of the show because I come up with ideas and theories on a regular basis, okay? And I feel the need to share those theories with you for your assessment and consideration. And so now, folks, it's theory time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. Okay, it's theory time, and my theory for today is this. Lying down is good for you, but not for the reasons that you think, possibly. I want to start this theory off by saying that I do not like having my photo taken, folks, because instinctively 
I always make a stupid face every time someone tries to take a nice picture. And I've done this ever since I was a kid. I don't know why, but I can't help myself. And it drives people mad. Now, perhaps deep down, this is an internal reaction to the knowledge that I'm an idiot, and my face kind of feels obliged to reflect that. But these days, making a stupid face is probably my subconscious effort to create a diversion from how old I actually look. Because as we get older, things get worse. Gravity is working against us in all the wrong ways, and there's not really that much we can do about it, right? So the main reason by the way, that older people don't use Snapchat is that as soon as you open the app, you're automatically looking at yourself. And it's likely that what's looking back at you in that moment seems very unattractive indeed. Well, after much painstaking independent research, I'm happy to announce to everyone out there over the age of 40 that there are a couple of things you can actually do about this. One, delete Snapchat. Two, do not open your front-facing camera on your phone unless you are lying flat on your back because just that one simple strategy will take years off because gravity shifts all the loose skin, flabby bits or whatever to the back and you end up looking at least 10 years younger than you really are. Now, this is, of course, an excellent reason to spend as much of your time as possible lying down because, folks, this is the only time that the forces of nature are going to be helping you to look good. So... As we all shuffle reluctantly towards old age, remember, take a lie down as often as possible because it's not about being tired, it's about looking your absolute best. This is what I know. Theory time. Yes, that was theory time for another week. Now, you might remember we have another segment in the show called Thought of the Day. Well, last week, Thought of the Day was right towards the end of the program, as it will be this time. However, this week... I'm presenting to you a bumper edition of Thought of the Day because the thought that I've got is, I think, a real cracker and deserves a little bit more time than I would normally give Thought of the Day. So, folks, I present to you a very special extended edition of Jeff's Thought of the Day. Welcome to another edition of Thought of the Day. Now, today I'm going to share with you some valuable advice for the next time you really want to buy something from Amazon or eBay or anywhere, really, that you know your significant other is not going to approve of. Now, we all like to avoid being in the doghouse, so to successfully pull off that unauthorized acquisition, there are a couple of very important steps you have to take. One. Make certain that whatever it is can be brought into the house or delivered when he or she is not home. Two, once the item is in the house, make sure it's not so much hidden but effectively camouflaged by other everyday objects in such a way that he or she probably won't even notice it. Three, this one is probably the most important. If he or she does notice it, tell him or her that you've had it for a very long time and are actually surprised that he or she has not noticed it before. Now, this system will work almost every time for your smaller items like books, records, clothing, watches, but do not, and I cannot stress this enough, do not attempt it with motorbikes, cars, boats, or girlfriends slash boyfriends. Another useful strategy is to occasionally and randomly do something useful but unexpected around the house, 
while the significant other is away. Preferably something that, let's say you're a guy and we're talking about the wife, do it while she's away. Preferably something that she'd normally do herself, such as vacuuming, cooking a meal or cleaning the bathroom, because these unnatural acts will earn you credits toward your next act of male stupidity. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. Yeah, and that wraps up another program, folks. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Jeff Healy. I look forward to being with you next week for another episode of My Wonderland. Gotta get the teachers from the land. Gotta come back to go on the land. Jeff's Welcome to episode three of Jeff's Wonderland. And I can't believe time flies when you're having fun. I mean, I can believe that, but I can't believe it's flown so fast between episode one and now. It's quite incredible. It's just like I did them a couple of days ago. Anyway, I hope you're all well out there in interweb land, as I like to call it. My name is Jeff Healy. I'm a musician and I like a bit of a laugh, so I have a bit of a comic bent as well. And I also like to make coffee. I used to be satisfied just to drink it, but no, no. I have bought myself a semi-automatic coffee machine, and I've made some really, really good cups of coffee and some really, really crap ones. But the beautiful thing about this machine is it's very difficult to ever get to the point where they're perfect all the time. And call me a weirdo, but I like that. I love the uncertainty. I love the machismo of the macchiato. I love the lure of the latte. And not knowing if the next cappuccino is going to be a crappuccino. Anyway, I digress. Not that there's anything to digress from because this show is all about the contents of my head, folks. It's the wonderland inside my mind, which I'm now sharing with you because at some point I decided that you needed to know about it. Don't ask me why, don't ask me when. I have just made that decision. Anyway, welcome. Now, um, you can hear some music in the background, and that is actually uh, the soundtrack of my life at the moment. It's my new album. I should point out, though, that even though I am uh, have a bit of a comedy bent, as you can probably tell, I'm a musician by trade. It's what I do for a living. And this is an album that I've just released it's called Wherever We Go, There We Are. Now, it's not a comedy album, uh, although some of you might get a laugh out of it. Um, it is actually a pop slash rock. Uh, I like to call it a progressive... Prog- prog- I can't even say that word today. Progressive rock album, all right? Now, those of you who listen to it and then listen to other so-called progressive rock albums may beg to differ, but I would beg to differ back and say progressive rock is anything you want it to be because that's why it's progressive. And progressive is good as we know. All right, moving right along, we're going to move straight into a bit of music analysis. We're going to take a track off my new album and I'm going to tell you about it, whether you like it or not. I'm not going to play the whole song because if you want to hear the whole song, you can do that of your own volition by going onto Spotify or iTunes or Amazon, whatever. Google, how's your father? I don't mind. Wherever you want to hear it, you can hear it. Now, the song we're going to listen to today is a song called Taste It All. Now, this song has rather an interesting history because in 1993, a good friend of mine, I'll call him Kevin because that's his name, was paying us a visit in my hometown in Australia. 
And up on the side of the wall of the surf club, next to the car park that we'd pulled into, was a huge ad for Coke Light. And in big letters, it just said, taste it all, at which we fell about, because it sounds more like a pornographic demand than a slogan for a soft drink. Anyway, we never forgot it. And about three months ago, when I announced to Kevin that I was recording a new album, and I found myself writing a lot of songs, because Kevin's a songwriter too, I say, I'll make a bet with you. Let's both write a song called Taste It All, and the first person to come up with a song called Taste It All wins. Now, I think, to be fair, we were both expecting comedy songs to come out of this, but I thought about it, I thought, this is actually a good idea for a song. As in a real song, not a comedy song, certainly not a rude song. So I proceeded to write a song called Taste It All, and I was quite happy with it. I was also happy with the fact that I won the contest, because I was the first person to write a song. Anyway, Taste It All became a real song, folks. It's on the new album, and it goes like this. Oh, and I've cut the intro off as well, just for the sake of something. Brevity, maybe? He shuffles down the stairs, holding tight to the rails. And you know it won't be long till the ship sails. Okay, okay, okay. So by now you'd be getting the idea that it's a country song. And, well, yes, stylistically, I suppose you could say it is a country song. And so, I hear you ask, what is a country song doing on a prog rock album? That, indeed, folks, is the burning question. So I'm going to chuck a bucket of water over that burning question by asking, who hasn't heard of country prog? Everyone. That's who. Everyone's not heard of it. Until now. I know he wants to say what he thinks and needs to know. Yeah, I know how he feels. Says when you gotta go, son, you gotta go. True that. Now, we all know those people who will play you a song and then just as it's getting to a particular part, they'll say, oh, you've got to listen to this. And I feel like saying, I'm already listening to this. Well, folks, those people are me because that's what I'm doing right now. I want you to listen to this next bit because I really like it. He's been up for a while. Not a cloud in the sky So we take a walk outside Isn't that a great bit? I love that. Okay, here it is again. He's been up for a while yeah, I'm really sorry. That, that was not acceptable podcast behaviour. I'll probably get thrown out of the podcast league now. Anyway, I digress. We're going to move on now with the program and we've come to your favourite part of the show and mine. Yes, it's theory time. <laughs> You can't know what you can't know. I'm gonna tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. Yes, welcome to another edition of Theory Time. Today, we're gonna leap into the world of finance and high tech. And when I say finance and high tech, I'm talking about the Apple Corporation. Now, Apple's market capitalization earlier this year was estimated at something like a trillion dollars. Now, immediately, as you do, I thought of two things. I thought of hamburgers and I thought of the barter system. Now, the barter system, for those of you who don't know, was a system they used many, many, many years ago. You know, if you had a goat, you would exchange it for a pig. And in monetary terms, a thousand hamburgers would cost the same as an iPhone 11. Also, I figure that a lot of people who work for Apple, you know, like in Apple stores all around the world, occasionally get a bit peckish while they're at work. And when I say peckish, I don't mean they suddenly feel like a stick of celery or a piece of fruit, okay? 
Now, whilst I would never suggest that Apple does not look after its employees, I'm quite sure that those employees occasionally just feel like chowing into a good old McDonald's hamburger. Probably, possibly, if they're hungry enough. So whilst Apple has all this money, I don't think they're stocking up on burgers in order to cater for their hungry workers. Now, in the meantime, and bear with me on this one, scientific studies have proven that a McDonald's hamburger, uneaten obviously, will last longer than an iPhone. So given that the boss is so cashed up, why not introduce a barter system where a customer could come into an Apple store with a thousand long-lasting McDonald's hamburgers and walk out with a not-so-long-lasting and brand-new iPhone 11? Satisfied customers and your workers are no longer hungry. This is what I know. Theory time. Okay, we're going to move right into the second favourite segment of the show. Now, last weekend, I had a few wines with my friend Kevin down at his house in Austria. And when I say a few wines, I do mean five bottles. Now, I'm partial to a good red wine, but that's a bit extreme and ended up getting to bed at about 4 a.m. Now, the result of that was not so much a hangover, but a complete disconnection of my brain from the rest of my body for about three days. Today was the first day that the thoughts started coming back to me. And what a cracker of a thought it is. But without any further clues or hints, I present to you... Jeff's Thought of the Day. I was thinking about something, I think it was the thought of the day. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And welcome once again to Thought of the Day. Now, as I was driving back from the gym today, and I was starting to get a few ideas for the show, it occurred to me that... A lot of these ideas could well just fly out the window, which admittedly would be tricky because I had the air conditioning on and all the windows up. But I thought to myself, how many times in the history of the world have people been in a situation where they've had a fantastic idea, an idea that could have changed the world, like a cure for cancer or a more effective way to organise your wardrobe or even a way to train the cat to do the dishes. But because they were busy driving a car or sleeping or putting up a wardrobe, or performing emergency open-heart surgery, or competing in a crucial Olympic swimming event, or even leaving the scene of an accident. How many brilliant ideas have been lost? And so for me, the question is this. Are we doing too much? Is laziness getting a bad rap? To my mind, those questions are right up there with questions like, would there be any point in a vampire having life insurance? And, of course, is Dr. Dre a real doctor? But okay, okay, I'm digressing from our subject. Now, far be it for me to pour aspersions upon the idea of multitasking, but I can't help feeling that there might be a lot of value in being chained to the floor for several hours every day with nothing but a pen and a piece of paper. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. Yes, that was indeed the thought of the day, folks, and unfortunately, we've come to the end of yet another episode but don't be sad, there'll be another one coming at you real soon, and I'm already looking forward to welcoming you once again to my wonderland. Gotta get the teachers from the land. Gotta come back to the land. Jeff's wonderland. Jeff's wonderland.